handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. Yo, what is up, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. We have a very special guest with us, uh, JDW Sports. A lot of you probably recognize him from the live streams, always in there or in the comment section, but he is with us today. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, we had, re uh, for everyone watching this, we had recorded this video a, a couple days earlier but the issue was the audio was kind of bad. So we're kind of hoping that with me going back to my normal setup and hopefully here with better internet, maybe now we'll have a slightly better audio here this time. But uh, in case you guys could tell by the title of the video, we're going to be talking about the current state of the defense for the Indianapolis Colts and how it looks as in comparison to last year's. I mean, we can basically start back over here, Jason, and talk about the defensive line. I mean, ultimately, we saw defensive tackle position hasn't really changed much. Uh, it's pretty much the same from the time it was last year. And then the defensive end is basically where it becomes a little bit of a pitfall. We have Danico Autry going to the division rival, the Tennessee Titans. And Justin Houston may or may not be re-signed. Uh, it sounds like as if the Colts are remaining in talks to try to keep him, but it seems a little odd that, you know, the longer this drags out, the, the more I'm not so sure if he's coming back because, I mean, you and I talked about it over the weekend and we're still, you know, wondering like, why is there still no deal done? If it, I mean, for a 33 year old uh, defensive end, going into possibly his last contract of his career just seems odd that, you know, we're multiple weeks into free agency at this point and we've not seemed to have found an answer to his contract. So, I mean, it seems a little odd that the defensive end position now is starting to look really bleak. Yeah, I agree. The last year, the defensive end group was okay. You know, at least we had some games in there where they were explosive. But then we also had a few games where they just disappeared for two or three games, and that was the same case with Danico Autry and Justin Houston. Um, anything but the inside was fairly inconsistent. Justin Houston, Danico Autry. The problem with Justin Houston is he's a great guy, great character. His biggest problem is he's a he's a liability in the run game, and mm -hmm. he's just he's getting up there in age, like you said, and. I love how he pumps up the defense before every game. He's always pumping them up and getting them going. But at the end of the day, next man up, and yet and you have to go go. You have to go out there and get someone that can do a better job. Same thing with Danico Autry. You know, at least they showed up for some games. But I'd rather a more consistent player. So, I guess we still definitely have some work to do at edge. So, I think that's what we might go for in the first round. Because that just is the biggest need, in my opinion. We don't. Okay, need so you are amongst those people who seems to think Ballard's right. going to go and edge in the first round, right? I okay. used to be. I used to be with the tackle people, but now that I realize 
when we were on Colts Talk the other day, I realized that we don't need an all-pro stud tackle to really get by next year. I think edge rush is more of a need because I think we may sometimes even may need to rely on our defense a little bit. Okay. All right. I, I get it. And yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of the guys in the Colts brawl chat always yell at me about wanting a <laughs> tackle in the first round because, you know, the, the tackle class is so deep that, you know, if Ballard decides to either trade back or stay at that 54th pick, you can most likely get a pretty decent left tackle at 54 and plug him in and be the starter right away. But um, just out of curiosity, of the edge guys that are in this draft class right now, who would you choose if they're all available there? Ooh, that's a tough one because there are a lot of good ones. I think there's four pass rushers that are kind of viable at, at um, number 21. I think Jalen Phillips can maybe be possible. I think mm-hmm. he may be a little bit of a reach at that point, but I still think he'd be a, an extremely solid guy for that spot. The guy from Penn State, Jason Oway, I think his name is. He yeah. he, he is a freak. He could really – he's fast, he's big. He could be explosive off that edge. Um, then you got Gregory Rosu. I know some people aren't as high on him. And yeah. And you have Quiddy Pay. Some people aren't as high on him as him either. So they're they're kind of back and forth between people wanting them to. But if I have to pick, I'm probably going to pick Jason Owe because I think he, he, he may be the worst coming out out of all three of those guys. But he – I believe his upside – is insane, and I I think we need to take a chance on that. Yeah, me, it's been Phillips all the way because um, Phillips, just at, from an athletic standpoint, uh, Phillips has always been the biggest athlete in this class. And, you know, the injury concerns have been a thing, and, and people kind of compare it to how Montez Sweat got drafted. You know, Montez Sweat had that health scare that people were nervous about wanting to take on, but, you know, Montez Sweat has turned out to be a relatively decent defensive end for them. So, you know, that helps. Uh, Rousseau's, uh, I think his pro day kind of let a lot of people down. Uh, that three-cone drill, really, really bad uh, numbers there. Away, I think his biggest issue is he is terrible with bend, and he does not do a great job of getting off the block. When he initiates contact with a, with a left tackle. He does a terrible job of using his hands and being able to get a separation from those hands and just uses a lot more of his power and his athleticism. Well, the problem is when you do that in the NFL, you're going to get smoked more times than you are than in college because of that exact reason. I'm okay with pay, but I, I like Phillips's upside the most out of all that. But let's go ahead and go to the linebackers here. Uh, so basically, we're at a situation now where you have the two main starters who Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki, very uh, viable guys. They're not veterans yet in this league, but we now know what they're most likely going to give you. And Darius Leonard's one of the best linebackers in the league. Okariki is rising up into one, that status hopefully soon. But outside of that, you really don't have a lot of experience behind that group. You know, it's one of those things where it's a deep group. There's a couple names there that a lot of people say could really find use in there. Uh, It's whether or not you draft a linebacker later, maybe like midway through the draft to maybe fill plug, uh, maybe get a plug in piece at some point, maybe a coverage linebacker per se, but 
what's your overall opinion on the linebacker group and the depth that it has? I, I really like the linebacker group. You know, I think we have some decent guys behind Leonard and Bobby Okereke, even though, like you said, they are unknown, though. Like, coming out, they were decent. Like, like we have EJ Speed. I'm high on him. I like EJ Speed. Um, The guy from Michigan that played on special teams, I um Glasgow. Glasgow. Yep. It, he could step in if needed in a pinch, but – Two starters, obviously, we love them. They're amazing. And I know some people are questioning if Darius Leonard will take a step back without Walker. But but I think I think Darius will be fine because I think Darius is going to stay hungry. He's going to stay hungry, and nothing's going to stop his motivation. And he just, he's just going to go at it, and nothing's going to stop him. And then Bobby Okariki, I'm happy we have him. He showed tremendous upside last season. He's He, he is an explosive linebacker. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he could do heading into next year so and plus even though it sucks Anthony Walker is, is gone but we have to move on and we have to continue to get better don't get me wrong Anthony Walker was amazing dude but he was a liability in pass coverage and in this league where passing is the main thing you got to get people who can pass coverage and play to the league standards yep absolutely well you know unless you're Tennessee uh, that then Anthony Walker certainly comes in handy in that situation. Right. But uh, yeah. And then we go to the secondary and, you know, for the most part, the secondary has remained intact, you know, with the deal with Xavier Rhodes, bringing him back for at least this next year, which is great. Uh, Xavier Rhodes being the veteran and the leader in that secondary room. It, it really helps. He basically revitalized his career in Indianapolis this last year. And, took a little bit less with the salary cap the way it is this year. And with the two basically young and still under rookie contract safeties that we have in Julian Blackman, Kari Willis. And then it's ultimately a question of who gets that second corner spot, right? Does Rocky sin eventually get to that next level that we want him to be at? Is it, is it going to be, uh, is it going to be Isaiah Rogers that gets that spot or do the Colts end up drafting one early and plugging that person in? And then you have Marvell tell coming back. Certainly one thing that this group certainly has going forward is depth. I totally anticipate the Colts to uh, end up drafting a corner. Just not sure when it's going to be up to Chris Ballard. I'm unsure about that, but I hope they don't draft one in the second round because Ballard's uh, Ballard's, uh, usage of getting a corner in the second round is not uh, not very good, at least not yet. So hopefully they draft one either in the first round or the third round. That's all I'm saying. But I mean, what's your what's your opinion of the secondary right now? Yeah, yeah, you you you, you hit it right the nail. I think this opinion is very solid. I think the secondary could be very solid. I mean, um, you know, we got we, we got Xavier Rhodes coming back. We have. Isaiah Rogers, who showed plenty of upside in the, in the um, Buffalo game, he showed he could really be the guy. Um, a guy I would like to sign, though, to bring in to help Rock and to help some of those young guys is Richard Sherman. Uh, he, yeah. has some, he has some fire in his eyes. I love the dude. He, and he's, he, he's, got, he's got that fire personality that I think Rock is desperately needing. I think someone needs to come in and show Rock the ropes a little more. I know, I know Xavier can do that, but... He, but he, but he's not as fiery as Richard Sherman, and and Richard Sherman coming in, I think he'd be an awesome fit in Indy. Frank Reagan, him were chopping it up on the Chris Collinsworth show, 
it, <laughs> it just seems like a good fit. I think Richard would be able to come in. And even we saw with Isaiah Rogers, he could he could even help him. He could help Marvin Hotel. I'd really like Richard Sherman. And plus, he had a rough he had a rough um last year riddled by injuries. So that was the same thing with Xavier Rhodes. So going to next year, I think Richard Sherman can maybe come in and really make a big impact, not just that year, but in the, but in the future with the young guys. And yeah. Julian Blackman and Cree Willis, very solid players, very solid players. You know, I like Julian Blackman. Uh, although the second half of the season, he, he did seem to miss some bigger tackles. He seemed to take a yeah. little bit of a downturn, but he was young, but, but he's young. Young players are always going to take a hit. They're always going to have those mistakes. So I guess we'll have to see where, where he goes with his development. It's all what he – it's all how he learns and, and takes that and, take that and takes those mistakes. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, ultimately when you look at this defense as a whole and what we saw from last season and what we've gotten already this year, we we lost Nico Autry, a, a fine defensive end at least for the time being. Uh, we've signed a couple of guys back, lost Anthony Walker without replacing him so far. I mean, you said it before, but why don't you tell everyone, it, does this defense, has it taken a step back from what it was last season, at least as of so far? Is it uh, elevated or has it just basically stayed the same for you? As of right now, I'm going to have to say it's the worst. It's, it's definitely not as good because – you know, even though we had those guys that were inconsistent, that had those games where, where they were just – they had a few games where they were going off. They were crazy. At least we had something there. At least we had some games of getting explosive use out of those guys. Now that we don't have those guys, if we don't resign Houston, that's a loss of character. I don't know. It, it, it's just – as of right now, we, we don't have everything in place. We need to get edge. If we get some kind of edge rusher, then I'm, then I'm okay. I'm down. But like that, that Isaac Rochelle that we signed, um, I believe it was Colts talk that pointed out it was either you or Colts talk. I'm not, I'm not sure who did, but he had very similar stats to Danico Autry coming from the Raiders. So if he can make an impact like Danico, maybe even if it's not consistent, at least there's something there that we have right now. But I think we'll do something in the draft. Maybe we'll sign another veteran. I guess we'll see what happens. But like Ryan Kerrigan, Melvin Ingram, there's plenty yep. of others that we could sign to really maybe elevate that edge rush and maybe teach the young guys. But I, I guess we will have to see. Only yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the worst part that I felt from this whole defensive side of Chris Ballard is, you know, everyone was talking about Ballard and this cap and saying, you know, Ballard's going to be aggressive, at least in the edge department, right? That's what everyone was hoping Ballard would do is find that edge in the in the uh, free agency market, and he never did that. And so you basically showed your hand. You're either going to ride with the young guys that you have currently, which there's a lot of unprovenness in that regard, and then you draft another guy maybe that, again, unproven, ha might have all the talent in the world, but you, you, it's still unproven whether or not that's going to actually work out. So – I mean, that's ultimately why I agree with you that I think this defense has just gotten worse because you, you've lost you lost one of your defensive ends who like him or hate him or whatever you want. He was still a productive player for the most part, 
And then on top of that, you lost your linebacker who gives you a hundred tackles a year. That's never easy to replace. And you didn't just lose him. You didn't replace him at all so far. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I I'm interested to see what Ballard still has up his sleeve here. But as of right now, this defense has definitely gotten worse. Right. I agree. I agree. But at the same time, we also can't reach for anybody. We can't overpay for anyone. So I'm yeah, kind of on Ballard's side there because, because we have three, we have some big contracts coming up in Nelson, Brainsmith, and and play and Darius Leonard. I know, I I know it's a broken record already, but yeah, I mean, then we hear sometimes that. Sometimes you do a have lot. to get aggressive, though. <laughs> so, sometimes to make that leap from good to great, sometimes you have to get aggressive and change things up a little bit. But but I like that Chris Ballard is sticking to his own, and he's I like that, but. As, at times, maybe you do have to get aggressive and maybe go a little bit off character. And and I'm not a I'm I'm not one of these people that every year when somebody doesn't pan out, it's like oh they're a waste of time, just throw them away. I'm not one of those people. I, I hate people. that we do that with um I hate whether we do that with quarterbacks nowadays. We're like if they're not an instant amazing player year one, trash them. They're done. No. They're not worth yeah, it. It's like, it's, it's, I, t- I hate that, man. I really do. I hate that. And I try not right. to be one of those people because I do realize that sometimes it takes three, four years in the NFL sometimes for these guys to get really good. And, right. you know, it's the same way for everybody, you know, and, and that could still be true for, uh, it could still be true for the guys on this roster. You know, Kamoko Ture could come back and Forgot be the guy that him. we eventually mm-hmm. saw Ben Banigou might figure out what's going on in his own head and, you know, come back and, you know, has a similar effect to what Tyquan Lewis has. Maybe Tyquan Lewis amplifies what he just did last year and maybe does even better this year. I don't know. I mean, I try to be optimistic in that sense, but again, it's just when you have so much uncertainty at one position and you know that what you've been saying for the past three, four months is that, the Colts are one good edge rusher away from this defense being elite. And you saw some guys there available to make that happen. And Ballard Sorry. didn't even try to uh, grab uh, grab any of them. It's just like, oh, man, yeah. it's it's frustrating. Right. But, but, but if he hits home on a draft pick, then that's a cheap. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he hits, then I'll be like, Oh, congratulations. It's, it's right. Ballard doing his work again. You know, right. I, I just hope he does that. I don't know. I honestly I, don't know. I hope I it's Jalen Phillips. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people, um, killed Jair Alexander his first few years, right? He was terrible his first two years, just like rock. No, I'm, I'm not saying rock is going to take that incredible leap, but, I, but anything's possible. It's yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the difference is Jair Alexander now might potentially be the best corner in the league. Right, so, right. You know, it's it's a little different. Yeah, it's not a little different. I would love if Rocky Sin went from the worst, one of the worst corners in the league to one <laughs> of the best corners in the league. But, you know, I just, that's just not possible. It's just not going right, to happen. Right. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know what you think in the comment section. Let us know if you think that, uh, what this Colts defense looks like to you guys. Has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? Has it stayed the same? Are we still reaching out for Ballard to maybe make something happen? 
But either way, uh, Jason, I want to thank you so much, man, for coming on and doing this with me again. I apologize <laughs> that we didn't get it right the first time. Oh, no problem, man. I love coming on just just having a blast talking about Colts football on here. But, but remember, Colts fans, all hail Ballard. Trust Ballard. Trust Ballard. All right. All, we're, all we're hail listen. Ballard. <laughs> all right. We're going to listen to him. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.